What's up, you guys? This is Donetta, aka D.E. Williams, and of course, your girl is here to chew bubblegum and talk-ish. Today is Tuesday. It is ugly, 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 ugly outside. I just, you know, I came in from it, dropping my son off at pre-K at school, and man, I was driving in on the interstate, and it was pouring. It was that sheet rain. You know, where you can't see and then you got a bunch of idiots speeding through it. Knowing they can't see. And these are the same people that get into car accidents, uh, sliding off the road and creating 25 car pileups. Okay. Those are those people. Instead of just taking your time and driving through it. I just don't get it. If you are running late, and I know I've stated this before. If you are running late, you're running late. It's not going to matter if you get there two minutes or uh, two minutes late or 10 minutes late. You're still, depending on where you work at, you're still going to be docked. They're not looking at the fact, oh, you were just two minutes late. You're late, period. So just stop doing this. And it's like people, they don't care about other people. I mean, they don't really care about themselves if they're doing this and knowing that they could be in an accident. So if they haven't thought and cared enough about themselves to not do it, then we know that they don't give a rat's ass about anybody else. So there is that. I took my time and I drove through it. I was going to still stop, get me something to eat like breakfast. Generally, I'm only eating one meal a day. I am down 15 pounds. Yay. Uh, The most I've ever lost is like 33 pounds. And I always hit a wall. I'm trying something different um trying something different to see not to see but just to have a little bit more discipline and staying with it staying on track and having to keep busy and exercise every day I literally have to exercise every day and I in the mentality I have to gain that mentality that if I am eating anything I need to work out that day even it's for 20 minutes, I need to work out. So, and that is what I am doing. I am cleaning, not spring cleaning, just picking up around, picking up these toys, trying to put them together. I might just end up bagging them because my son, he just likes to sit in the thing. He'll, um, he will slide off his little sliding thing and in, into the, the balls or whatever in the area. But then he will just splash them out. Splash them out. You know, you and you in the pool or the beach or whatever, you're just splashing. That is what he is doing with the balls. And then the balls are like everywhere. And then he got balls in the other room because he has three things that are blow-ups with balls. <laughs> so, yes, I have a lot of balls in the house. No pun intended, okay? No pun intended. So... We just have to stick with it. So I'm going to put these balls up. I did get on here just to relax and rewind. Yes, relaxation is so needed um, with my mindset, with my frame of mind at this time. Um, And then just cleaning, cleaning up my space. Because that is also a great way to relieve 
stresses that you're feeling, stresses that you're going through with other people. And it gives yourself time to think about what is going on in your life, in your world, in your personal space. And how much of that you want to interrupt. You know, nobody wants to interrupt anything. I know that we're living in a world right now where everyone is unhinged. Everyone is going through something. And then we have a lot of people who want to debunk that. And then we have people who want to relate to it or can relate to it. So it's just a... um, a matter of unwinding and I'm, I've been on a mental break for a while now and I'm getting to the point where it's like okay I need to do so much stuff you know I can't be in my place of happiness I can't get to that place of happiness if I'm not where I know I should be or where I want to be I don't want to die working for someone else. I don't want to have to deal with the microaggressions. I don't want to have to deal with the, oh, you know, I want to be able to just say, let me take off. I need a three-day vacation. And then just plan for it, book it, and go. That's the kind of freedom I want. And the type of person that I am, I've always known that I was I wanted to own my own something. Either it was I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to own my own law firm. And growing up, because of what I've went through as a child and not having that supportive backbone that most people have and having people be the opposite for me there was so much that I didn't do for myself waiting for others to do for me and I'm so mad about that because if I was someone was to ask me what would you say to your younger self and what I would say to my younger self would be don't wait to get approval from somebody else Do it all on your own. Be spontaneous. Be, you know, just go out and do it. And if you fail, then you've known that you tried it. You've done it. You failed. But that doesn't mean you can't get back up. And if you want to try it again and work on it and do it better, you can. But who's to tell you to not do it just because you are in fear of what could happen? You don't even know what could happen. And that has been my fear for such a long time. And going through recovering from childhood sexual abuse and trauma, you find yourself, there's so much, because recovery is not just you waking up and saying I want to start you know I want to say that I want to forgive because you know that you can't forget even though people say forgive and forget there's no such thing as forgetting what has happened to you 
because you could be walking in the store and see something and that a memory pops back in. You can't stop that. But what you can do is focus on what you are more attentive at, okay? You don't have to dwell on that memory. But those memories are there. And to say that someone can forget those memories and then pretend like they've, you know, whatever happened, never happened. No, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as forgive and forget. You can forgive and be mindful when you decide to forgive. Forgiveness is forever. And meaning forgiveness is you forgiving those that have hurt you on a daily basis until the day you die you will always be forgiving every day it's not a day that you're going to wake up and say I forgive that person again that's it it's a process of recovering at 44 years old it's a process at recovering from something that happened to me in my childhood for quite some time from different stages, okay? And not always by the same abuser. So my recovery is long-term. The forgiveness is in, it's in progress, but it's a process at the same time. And I had to, and you know, when you're little, when you're a child, you're expecting the people that's around you to be your backbone, to be the people that are supposed to help you through it. However, we've learned, even looking at others, you know, other children going through this and then seeing stuff come up in the news and headlines, court cases, children do not get that luxury of having that supportive backbone. Some of them don't even live to tell their tale. Some of them don't live to grow up and go through the recovery process because they had their lives taken from them. It's a wild and sorrowful and disheartening just battle of what we call trying to get through life. And to think that people who love you can mistreat you that way. That people who love you don't offer anything to you They just expect for you to move on, live in the house with the abuse, go through the abuse, go through the trauma. And how does one grow from that? How does one even heal from that? And and all, you know, in truth and honesty, you don't. You don't heal from living within the abuse and taking it never going to therapy, never having someone even talk to you about it, never having your loved ones come to you and say anything to you. And they just think, oh, it happened to you. Oh, well. And that's how I felt all this time. And just like the abuse that one endure over time, even if it didn't happen to you, I would still feel it. I would still go through it with you. Especially if it happened to someone that I know 
or someone that I had a history with, a connection with, a bond with. And then you have people who would say, get over it, it didn't happen to you. We hear that all the time. But the trauma is a generational trauma effect. And that is the same thing that, you know, happens to us. It's a generational trauma effect. And you don't realize that. Especially, I mean, if you bottle it up and you don't speak on it. But there are things that you do as far as your emotions and how you socialize with other people. It's then affecting other people. So they're dealing, so it's passing on, that generational trauma is passing on even to them, and they don't even know why. You know, I remember expressing this, you know, you know, saying to someone that is a loved one of mine, and they scoffed at it, like literally scoffed at it, like it, you know, they didn't care, they didn't even want to hear it. There's so much that I've, you know, when I started going through therapy and then started the therapeutic process of recovery, which is all forms of any type of therapy, such as art, expressing yourself through writing, especially, you know, um, through my podcast, ranting and raving. Um, That's a therapeutic process healing process for recovery from any type of trauma that you have endured. Especially if you're not going to seek, you know, an actual therapist and sitting in the, sitting on the sofa or sitting in a chair next to your therapist and have them ask you all these questions and everything. You go through your own therapeutic healing process. And that's what I'm working on you know, for myself, as far as going through those steps, as far as how recovering, you know, from uh, childhood sexual abuse and trauma, the process of that, those steps, that recovery process. You know, I'm, and I'm proud of myself as I quit smoking. Oh my goodness, that has been almost 10 years ago. I could be like, I'm trying to remember exactly when because I haven't done it in so long and don't miss it at all. Um, I'm trying to remember when exactly I, I quit smoking. And I know I used to post about it all the time, but I know it's been over 10 years. I know it was back, you know, like 2013, 2013, 2014. It was when I had my first uh, miscarriage. So it definitely had to be like 2013 because it wasn't um, after that. My first miscarriage around 2013. And for my birthday, I decided to begin the process of quitting smoking after I had been smoking since adolescence. So maybe I picked up a cigarette when I was like, I was young. I don't know if I was in middle school or not, but I was young. So that is a, a definitely a process. So from adolescence to 2013, when I had my first miscarriage, when I said, okay, you know, I'm going to stop smoking. And then as I go through that process, same thing. It's a, it's a healing. It's a recovery process. 
And so I'm going through the steps of that or, you know, how I did that. Because we, we, don't, we don't think that other people could benefit from what we have to say and how we did something. Well, how did you do that? And that could be something that we could share across the world with our podcast, with our journaling, with our writing, um, vlogging, anything. You know, we could literally help other people. And that could be a part of our life, you know, a part of our lifestyle, part of our lives and how we continue to heal in that process. And that's what I'm doing today. Just cleaning, reflecting. and just going through the recovery of everything that I've been through. It's all, and sometimes it's so much that you don't know. You feel like you're drowning. You don't know if you're going to be able to come up, that you'll ever be able to breathe again. But you will. And then you would just go through that process again and again until you have fully healed where you can then sink to the bottom and confidence because you know that you can just come back up without a fight, without any type of anxiety. You can swim to the bottom and let yourself relax and sink down and then just come up without any hiccup. That's where we're at. So this has been my journey of reflection, a little different from my usual rants and raves, even though in the beginning I did, was like, because ugly day out and people driving crazy, you know, road rage is a reality, definitely a reality. And so, so this is a little bit, a little different, but it's relaxation and just talking, chatting, you get to know a little bit more about me again. And again, you know, not that many people even listen. But I may turn this into a vlog too. Um, whereas I'll enter like pictures and stuff and then post it on my one of my channels. I don't know if I'm going to do it on my main channel or my channel that I only have like six subscribers <laughs> per YouTube. But anyways, because this is a process. And I did talk about as far as losing weight and trying to lose weight. And I'm so happy about that. I might insert those pictures too. Because I go up and down. And, you know, my starting weight was 330 when I started the program with the coaching and everything. And the mindfulness, um, gratitude, exercises. And then where I'm at today. So from 330 to 311 even though I've been up and down since I've started this it's only supposed to be a year so it'll be ending April I still came back I'm not I didn't stay you know I didn't regain the weight and then stay there I've lost it started gaining it back lost it gaining lost it and now um I've met my goal based on what my goal was for this program. My goal for myself, that's a different story. I'm still going. But starting therapy 
and recovery and healing and forgiveness and the process. I feel like I'm on to a schedule, a routine that will easily fit into my daily life. Whereas I will lose the weight where I need to be so I can get into a healthy place. Because I want to live a longer life. I want to improve the length of my life as well as the quality of my life. I want to be here for my son. I want to see him grow. You know, my son is nonverbal, autistic. And I want to see him to the point where I know he'll be okay. So that way I'm not going to die and leave my son here with people that I don't know if they will. And I really, and I hate the fact that I do not know. The people that I have in my circle in my life will be as loving or a loving enough to my son where he don't feel that pressure and doesn't feel that anxiety because with children who are autistic they feel that a lot more they don't they need to feel that security from someone especially the security that I didn't feel from anyone around me I didn't have that comfort I didn't have someone to hug me and say it's going to be okay and be that that backbone for me I didn't have that and I have an older sister I had a mom my mom died when I was 11 and she turned to a life of drugs because she was in a place where she felt like she couldn't sink down and come back up with confidence you know and going through Uh, living in a a house then you know you decide to take the pressure off of yourself and not just deal with it and be strong enough for your children she decided you know I want to continue my life of drugs and then died of a drug overdose so and this is when I was little and again no one you know Especially, I'm not sure if it's coming from a black family or, you know, what type of, you know, it could be any family. You know, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. But coming from a a black family, whereas I didn't have my mom's side. There There was no one on my mom's side that I had. She lost her brothers before, no, uh, my mom died first and then her brothers thereafter. But... There was no one else. And my grandmother, her mother, didn't raise them. You know, she was for the street. She was a hustler. She was a, a, a dealer. You know, she sold things illegal. Anything that was illegal where she can make money, that's what she was going to do. Even if it was to mistreat people. That's what she did. So, I didn't have anything. Just imagine growing up. And dealing with all of that, never having any therapy. How do people that's around you who know what you've gone through, don't ask themselves, don't even want to talk to you about it, don't want to be that comfort to you? But I didn't have that at all. And then I only had my abusers, my abuser's family. And of course, they, wasn't, they didn't love me more than they you know, loved him. 
So, and then the people around me, they would never have understood or cared about anything that I would have stated about what I went through because I was dealing with people that was never going to love me as much because it was them. It was like, it was me against them. And either you talked about it and be shunned and talked about and your whatever that you went through was going to be debunked and was going to be not listened to, not respected. And then they would talk, you know, about you behind your back or whatever. That's what you would go through. And it's so sad because people have people out, you know, you have these things where people, they come to you and they expect for you to understand or embrace what they've been through. So they become these other people, you know, and it's just crazy. You know, it's like, I can't even think of the word. I'm trying to think of the word. It's not with like outbursts or anything, but their decisions and their choices in life are because of their past and the path that they were placed on because of people coming into their life, coming onto their path and disrupting their livelihood. And people don't understand, but if you're not, if people aren't going to therapy and they're not being talked to, but talked down to, if they're not being embraced and loved and understood and listened to, what type of person do you believe that they're going to become? So just imagine, you know, we, we feel like people need therapy, they need someone to talk to. And just imagine you're not having anyone to talk to for years, for years of that same abuse. And you're just hearing the opposite of what you deserved to get. And people don't understand. And people really believe this. You, you should just forgive and forget. Well, what is the process of forgiving? Why should I forgive? just forgive them and move on because of course you know you have to recover you can't allow what has happened to you continue to burden you continue to hold you down continue to disrupt your life however to just forgive and say that and people tell you okay just forgive that's it's a process You can't just forgive. You know? It's wild, but people really think that. People really believe that. Oh, yeah, I mean, she did. She claimed that she went through that. And this is a child. But I've seen firsthand how people treat children. Just just go through the message boards on the discussions of children being abused or even children being killed in mass shootings at schools. And you literally see people reacting with laughter emojis. This world is unhinged. You literally had the school where the mass shooting, and it was due to, I guess, bullying. And you literally had adults in there because they didn't want this to turn around and be about gun laws. So they were in the message boards 
literally stating that those children deserve to die, saying it in more ways than one. And I'm like, are you serious? People are no longer empathetic of others. And if they aren't the victim, then you can't be. That's the crazy part, because you have people who don't want to see other people as victims. They know that they've placed them as victims. They know that they are victims based on their circumstances. However, they won't allow them to be victims because deep down inside mentally, for whatever reason, they want to be the victim and they shun you. They scoff at you from, for being a victim. I don't want you to have that privilege of being a victim. Like being a victim is to be privileged. But for so many people who want that, they would rather see you not heal, not recover. And because they don't want to accept you as a victim, you don't have anything to recover or heal from. Just get over it. That's the mentality for a lot of people. And even those that you think that love you or should love you. But you go down and you start going through therapy and you start going down as far as what was. You start realizing, oh, I didn't have that. I didn't have that at all. I didn't have anyone that actually loved me. I mean, I didn't feel it. You know, we may have had fun and, you know, we laughed and did this, but there was no embracing There was no healing. There was no understanding. There was no process of of ever feeling like I'm loved. I feel someone love me. I I feel the love. Even though I feel like I've given that, I feel like I give that. I feel like I've given that. And even though I feel like I've given that to my offspring, Evidently, maybe I haven't because the response and how I'm treated, I just don't feel it. You know, there's so there's been so many things that has happened, reactions, and I know it's, you know, probably because, you know, you look at, you know, your children when they grow up and you look at them and you're like, you do feel a, a, a sense of disappointment because they they're not who you expected them to be based on how you raised them, based on how you tried to raise them in a different a different way than you were raised. And you start looking back at what you've done and what you did. And you're like, where did I go wrong? How did this particular, um, you know, how did this child who was so loving and so affectionate then become the total opposite like overnight with the snap of a finger how did that affectionate person stop being affectionate like what happened it happened you know I just don't believe that a child can stop being affectionate something had to happen and then you start looking at them and you're like you know like a, a process like when you're holding hands with your child and then all of a sudden they just You know, they snatch your hand away. They don't want to hold it anymore. And you're like, what happened? It's like that. 
you know, what happened between the time that you were holding my hand and okay with it to the point where now you don't want to hold it. But if in that same moment, that's how familiar it is. That's how close in time it is where you then your mind start racing like what happened? What happened? And unfortunately, sometimes you, you'll never know. I mean, you just won't. So, wow. So it's definitely a process. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So, yes. This is a supposed relaxation moment of a discussion. Just me talking, chatting, ranting. Still ranting a little bit, I guess. Mm, I guess. But until that next time, this is Donetta, a.k.a. D.E. Williams. And of course, I'm always here to chew bubblegum and talk-ish. Until the next time, 